March 10th, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin, on the very bottom, the last line of Dafnun Vavamut Bet. The Gemara had just cited the opinion of Tana Devet Menasher. And what's relevant to us is that his understanding of Sheva Mitzvot Benenoch is different than the one we had at the bottom of Dafnun Vavamut Aleph. And most specifically, it's different because his way, his method in deriving what those laws are, again, Eddie, not that there are seven tradition, but rather what they are is, instead of pointing to the Pasuk which God, in which God is speaking to Adam HaRishon, Vaisav, Adonai, Elohim, Adam, Lemon, Mikol, Etzagan, and so forth, he seems to be deriving it from elsewhere. And the Gemara questioned that. The Gemara said, so where is he deriving? He had changed uh, our traditional, our bottom of Dafnun Vavamudal, of understanding of what those seven mitzvot are. He took out two, he inserted two others. Where did he derive that from? He's clearly not, the Gemara assumed and stated ultimately, he's clearly not getting it from the same pasuk. Said the Gemara at the very bottom, Hane, these, meaning the seven, the third word on the line, Kol Hada Hada, each one of them, each one of the seven, for Tanad Menashe, Be'ape Nafshe Ketiva. Be'ape Nafshe literally means its own face is written, meaning they're written individually. You're not going to find one verse, one pasuk, which somehow hints to all of them at once, as we had from Vaisav earlier. Rather, you're going to have to, and maybe this is more intuitive, maybe it's a little bit easier on the eyes and the ear and the mind, he's going to point to seven separate Pesukim with regards to Bnei Noach, in which you'll see a reference to every one of his Sheva Misvot. What are they? Says the Gemara, let's start with Avodah Zarah v'Gilui Arayot. Idolatry and adultery, says the Gemara, it would be derived, it was derived from Dichtiv, Vatishahet Ha'ares Lifneha Elohim. The Pasuk says at the beginning of Parashat Noah, Vatishahet Ha'ares Lifneha Elohim. The world was Nishhat. Nishhat, I guess, is destructive in some way. What destruction was there with regards to humanity? Keep in mind, it's before God mechanically destructs it. V'tanadve Rabbi Ishmael, and we have a tradition from the Beit Midrash of Rabbi Ishmael, Bechol makom she'ne'emar hashhata, in any and all circumstances where the Torah uses the word hashhata, eno ela, it's specifically mentioned in the context of devar erva va'avodat kochavim. It's divar erva, which means sexual impropriety, so it means adultery, and avodat kochavim, of course, means idolatry. How do you know that the word hashhata is a reference to those? Says the Gemara, divar erva, on the one hand, that it's referring to erva, to wrongful sexual activity. Shene'emar, ki hishchit kol basar etar kol ha'aretz. Well, that's a pasuk which describes, again, dor benenoach. It's the very next pasuk, at the beginning of Parashat Noach. And did that really prove anything? Oh, the pasuk says, The next pasuk says, kol basar et Because all flesh had been nishhat, destructive in its way. How did that tell you that that's adultery? Rashi fills in the gap on this. Rashi cites a pasuk from Mishle. The pasuk says in Mishle, derech gever be'alman. Pasuk referring to a man and a woman and their way together. It seems to refer to us that the hashhata in that concept, in that context, when we're talking about ki hishchit kol basar et darko al ha'aret, the derech that we're perhaps referring to is the derech gever be'alma. Furthermore, says Rashi, the pasuk at the end of 
פרשת בראשית זה ויראו בני האלוהים את בנות האדם כי טובות הן על פסוק שאז דעתי בני האלוהים hard to define hard to explain exactly who they are but let's accept them as being these individuals that were alive at the time they see the בנות האדם they see women human beings כי טובות הן ויקחו להם נשים מכל אשר בחרו and then they take and the understanding is somewhat forcibly or alternatively wrongfully anyone whom they desired which means to say the פסוקים already are referring and referencing in this veiled and, uh, and, and silent way to the fact that there was wrongful sexuality. Nothing is explicit in the Pesukim with regards to B'nai Noach, to the Dora of B'nai Noach. But what we do have is references. We have a reference at the end of Parashat Bereshit. We have this, Ki hishchit kol basar et darko al ha'aretz. I often point out, listen, the Pasuk says as well, v'timaleh ha'aretz Hamas. Hamas is not a, a traditionally translated as uh, adultery, but rather as gezel, as Rashi says in his commentary to the Torah, as the Gemara will tell us elsewhere. Well, that being the case, which one was it? Well, of course it was both. And that word derech is very appropriate in that context, because as I told you a few days ago, my favorite pasuk in all of Sefer Bereshit is Pereshit, Perek Yot Chet, Pasuk Yot that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says about, about Abraham, Lema'an Asher Yida'ati, Vashe Yisavet Bana, Vetbeto Achara, Veshameru, Derech Adonai. I am trusting the household of Abraham. I know his continuity is sound. That's why I'm going to talk to him now about Sedom, because they'll follow the path, the way of God, La'asot, to practice, to preach, to be involved with righteousness and justice. Can you find, certainly in biblical terminology, but even today, anything less righteous and justice filled than Gezel and Gilui Arayot. You're dealing literally with the wrongful activity with regards to other people. You're taking their money or you're involved with a person wrongfully with regards to the way you're supposed to be straight in that context. That's in my mind what's taking place almost explicitly in the Pisukim. That's as well, parenthetically, Sedom. Nobody knows what was wrong with Sedom. Well, the Pasuk kind of tells us what Sedom's issues were. They were Ra'im Vehataim Ladonai there's no Torah. What does it mean they were ra'im, wicked, the hataim and sinning to God? How are they sinning to God? They don't have mitzvot. I imagine that again as derech Hashem. They're stepping off of derech Hashem, derech Amonai, and they are ra'im the hataim lamonai. But anyway, all that being the case, says the Gemara, we have this hashata, which is mentioned in the context of B'nai Noah. And that number one is a reference, says, says the Gemara to us, that's a reference to, number one, Gilui Arayot. How do you know that it's a reference as well to Avodah Zarah, says the Gemara, Avodat Kochavim Dikhtiv. I know it's Avodah Zarah as well because Moshe speaks to Am Yisrael Parashat Ve'et Hanan and he tells him, Pent Hashchitun Va'asitem Ve'gome. The Pasuk says, perhaps you'll become destructive and you will make, what are you going to make? You're going to make Avodah Zarah. You'll be involved with Avodah Zarah. Tashchitun Hashchata over there, directly associated with, directly associated with Avodah Zarah. How do you know that they were Nitztava? My question. 
Rashi's question. How do you know that? So you now found two pesukim that they were having wrongful activity with regard to Abu Dazar and Gilui Ariot. You decoded the words of the Torah to say, Kishchit Kobasar, Aris Lifnei How do you know that in turn that's a reference to their warning? We know now that's how they were bad. God says, let's destroy them. Who said they were Nitztava? It's along the lines of Eddie's question for finals. Who told me that they were commanded in that? So they're bad people. Object. Well, so you might just say, that's right, objectively or alternatively, says Rashi, they're not going to be punished in such a way if they weren't warned, if they weren't told not to do so. Which means to say it's implicit. The fact that the Torah is telling you before destruction of them, this is what they're doing wrong, is furthermore implying to you, it's the top Rashi, midi'i anush alayu, from the fact that they're being punished for Abu Dazar and Gilui Arayot, shema'mina, we can derive from this, ifkud alayu, they were commanded they were told that they have to fulfill these as well. All that being the case, we now have, and yes, of course, Jesse, it's in contrast to a pasuk which is ex- more explicit, in which pasuk says more explicitly that it's a command. Well, all that being the case, the Gemara now just does, and it'll quietly do this throughout, not as abrasively as we're used to. It'll now turn to the original approach. The original approach was that we derive all these laws from Vaitzav Amonai Elohim. And it'll say, okay, this is a very cogent way of deriving it from How do you explain those Pesukim? Why does the Torah mention those? If we already had Vaisav Hashem Elokim teaching us Sheva Mitzvot Benenoch, what's the reference in these Pesukim of Atishachet Aaretz? Ve'idach, Ve'idach means and the other one. How will he explain these Pesukim? Answers the Gemara. Orhayu dekab megale. Orhayu, it was their way. Dekab megale that they were revealing, or that, that, the, that the pasuk is revealing, which means to say the pasuk is describing their wrongful ways. What are their wrongful ways? What are their wrongful ways? And Gidui uh, Arayot. That's what it's revealing to us. It's revealing to us And in turn, it's not telling us per se that this is their moment of warning. Certainly they were warned. How do I know they were warned? What's this? Just telling me. This is what they were involved in. Says the Gemara onward. Okay, so we got the first two Gidui Arayot. As I said to you, the. All seven, that's what we had. That's what the Gemara did at the top of Daphne Vavamubit. Yeah. Uh, so that, that being the case, though, uh, so I, I, I now check those off in terms of finding a reference. I understand them as being directly off of this Derech Hashem. And the Gemara continues, what's Shifichut Amim? Where do you see any reference to Shifichut Amim with regards to before Abraham, Tzachak, and Yaakov, and Israel? How do you see that in the Pesukim? You're not using Vayisav. You told me that you derive other laws, and as a result, it doesn't fit into Vayisav. Dekhtiv, this one's easy, right after the Mabul. HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to Noah and his descendants and teaches them, instructs them, Shofech dam, ha'adam, ba'adam, damo yishafech. He says, any person who spills the blood of another person, his blood, her blood, will in turn be spilled, meaning they get punished by death. There it is. So it's, this way. It's, I mean, it's, if it's an honest, it encapsulates within it an azhara. You know, that's, that, that seems clear. How would the other opinion uh, defend that? V'iddah. And what would the other opinion say? Ketalayhu tekamegale. Katal, of course, means to be cut or to kill. All it's telling you is the punishment, very much along the lines of Jesse. Was the other opinion, who was deriving this from Vaisav Hashem Lokim, says that's the Azhara. The warning, the issuing of a command, you're not allowed to murder, is Vaisav Hashem Lokim. What's the punishment? 
Abadif. I gotta wait. I gotta hold on a little bit. When I get to Parashat Noah, I now find out punishment is death. That's all. It means to say that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, after Dor Hamabul, after the world is destroyed, as Noah and his descendants begin to proliferate and fill the world, says, "By the way, I may have made clear in the past what you're supposed to be doing. Let me tell you now what happens, the consequences, the punishment if you don't. Nothing more, and nothing less. It's not as if they were permitted to kill beforehand. That's." Where do you see any reference in post Vaisav Hashem Elohim to Gezel, to not killing, to thievery? Bazuk says that Noah, God turns to Noah and his descendants and he says to them, You should know animals, the flesh of beings, are now permitted for you to eat. I'm giving them to you. As Yerek Esev. Yerek Esev, the understanding of Rabbi Levi and the Gemara is wild growth of grass and weeds. Which means to say the animals out there are just like the grass over here. What it doesn't say is the cultivated growth. Yerek Gina, the garden growth. That would be belonging to another person. The Torah is particular. It says the grass of the fields as opposed to the grass of the gardens. Fields, stama, is a reference to hefker, grass that grows wild. Grass of the gardens, which was permitted, and growth of the garden, that's not something that you can eat. That belongs to another person. It's a reference in the Pasuk to saying, you're allowed to eat the animals just like you're allowed to eat the growth of the field now. The growth of the field was only permitted because it was the field as opposed to the garden. The garden being individual, cultivated by a person. The field being hefker, something that's onos. What would the other opinion do? Why does he and how does he only learn it from Vaisav Hashem Elohim? Hahu lemishre basar hu de'ata. Lemishre shiruyin lachem is a reference to something that's mutar. Shade means mutar. That pasuk is not coming to teach me a law per se to pay attention. It says Yerek Esav HaSadeh instead of Yerek Hagina or something. Yerek Esav Hagina. That's not the point. The point of the pasuk is for an altogether different law. What's the altogether different law? It's to teach you halachot about the fact that now they're permitted to eat meat. That's it. Nothing more and nothing less. Don't be medakdik and be careful in the word in Yerek Esav HaSadeh. It says of the field as opposed to the garden. Oh, wasn't the point of the pasuk? You're overreading the pasuk. Says the Gemara. Heke. Once I have, well, that's that's the uh, that's how you have to understand the Gemara. Once I have the pasuk's purpose, quote unquote, as being for heter achilat basar, the diuk is no longer as significant. If I don't understand the pasuk in its fullest sense and understand that's the point, so then I will be midayek. Each of these, ultimately speaking, is not negating the other diuk. That's what I meant by we have a calm back and forth over here. Generally speaking, as, as Nathan says, the Gemara will say, so what is the other opinion? How do they defend? We're not doing that over here. We're, we're, we're calm about this. We're just asking the other opinion. How would you explain this? We're not then going to bounce it back because these derashot are less, in my, in my understanding, are less mehadeshim. They're more megalim. It's more, ultimately speaking, we're dealing with tradition of these seven, and now we're plugging it into these as a result. We're not going to challenge to that extent that an answer of such is sufficient. What about the fact that you're not allowed to eat flesh or a limb from a living animal? In other words, the animal needs to be dead before eating from it. Of course, slaughtering in the appropriate way is only going to come with the Torah. But even to B'nai Noah, they can't eat an animal 
from an animal while alive, dichtiv, ach basar damo lo tochelu. Well, that's a quite explicit pasuk. The pasuk explicitly says, basar binafsho damo lo tochelu. When the, when, the, uh, when the being is alive, it's nefesh and dam cannot be eaten from. Well, there it is. When it has a nefesh, when it's still alive, you can't eat from it. What does the other opinion do with that? Ve'idach, that seems quite explicit. And by the way, it's to B'nai Noach. It's after the time of Adam. It's certainly not Vaisav Hashem Elokim. Ve'idach ha'hun mishre shirasim hu de'ata. That's coming for an altogether different purpose. We knew Evim in Ahai already, says the other opinion. Of course, we knew it from Vaisav Hashem Elokim. Why are we deriving from this pasuk? It's lemishre, specifically to permit shrasim. Shrasim are moving uh, creepy crawlers. There are eight of them, the Mishnah says in Masechet Shabbat. What does the word sheretz mean? Ramban Nachmanin's commentary to the Torah suggests, I think from Unkulus, that sheretz means to move. Peruvu v'shirsubaris means to move. Of course, it's in my mind, a very significant word, and the the the, the water is shoret uh, um, um, fish and uh, and being. So, what does it mean that it moves and in turn it brings forth these things? Movement is very much a method and source of continued growth and existence. As a result, to describe human beings, to describe animals, to describe any living organisms as moving is to describe life itself. When matters, when beings stop intellectually, physically, or emotionally growing, they stop living, to describe sheret, I know we don't always describe human beings as sheret, we describe the creepy crawlers as sheret. means they're moving, they're proliferating, that's right. The description through and through of sheret is this movement which will always be associated with life for good reason. Anyway, says the Gemara, so what's the purpose of this pasuk? According to that opinion, that's coming to teach that shirasim evim minahai is permitted. What are you talking about? How so? The pasuk says, ach basar tochelu, explains Rashi based on the Gemara elsewhere, that when we deal with shirasim in contrast to behemot and hayot, shirasim we don't separate the dam, the blood, the, uh, and, and, uh, and imagine the dam and blood as being nefesh, as opposed to the basar being separate. You see, the Torah has this statement that the dam is the nefesh. That's specific, the Gemara states and explains elsewhere, when we're dealing with human beings, when we're dealing with animals, when I'm dealing with shirasim, with these eight creepy crawlers, I don't disassociate in such a fashion. I don't separate the nefesh, the dam, the basar, is all one. It's a halachic terminology, but it has, it has consequences in halacha over here as well, in a very practical sense. If the pasuk says, when it has nefesh, don't eat from that nefesh, which is the dam, well, clearly you're not talking about shratzim because there's no such thing as nefesh being done by shratzim. By shratzim, the flesh and the blood and the nefesh, that's all one thing. As a result, the pasuk, which explicitly says you can't eat from the living organism in the context of nefesh and dam, is telling you, but not shratzim. That's, that's the technical legwork on this. Sirus, what about, according to Tanah Deveh Menashe, sirus, castrating, is asur. It's asur to b'nei noach. Of course, it's asur, it's asur to b'nei noach. Animals are human beings, dichtiv, he says the pasuk says shir uba shir suba aretz. There's the command to Noah shir suba aretz urvuba. 
well, the pasuk is a command to Bnei Noach that they're supposed to proliferate, that they're supposed to fill the land. How can you fill the land if you are castrated? The understanding is if your command is to fill the land with, with proliferation, with a peru, ruvu, shirsu, and so forth, well, you can't do that if you're castrated. Clearly, there's a warning against castrating. Alternatively, v'idach, but about the opinion who derives from Vayisav, libracha be'alma. That pasuk isn't a command. That pasuk is a blessing. And you go out and fill the land and pl- proliferate. It's God's blessing to them. It doesn't in any way imply, says this opinion, that there's a warning, that there's a punishment or anything of the sort. Kilaim. What about the crossbreeding of crops specifically? Of animals? Alternatively, dichtiv meha'of leminehu. The Pasuk says that, the, uh, that as God creates the world, this one takes us out of B'nai Noach, this makes us early, excuse me, not in the creation of the world, this is on bringing into the Teva, Noah was commanded take from the of Limineu, take from the fowl, from the, the birds Limineu, according to their species, and from the animals, the cultivated animals, according to their species, Pasuk says, you bring two of them according to their species. Same species, two from each. Why are you taking two from each according to their species? Clearly, according to their species, coming to tell you, as opposed to another species. Make certain that it's a cow and a cow, as opposed to a cow and, I don't know, something similar, but not the same. Certainly not a cow and a horse. Meant that male and female, so they can procreate. Absolutely. But why does it need to be a male and a female? In other words, well, what's the word limineu? No, no, but what's the word limineu? You're right. It's still within the context of the same animal, right? But I don't have to use it for that. But I, again, but the mention of the word limineu, we know already I needed to bring male and female in terms of procreation. That's clear. But limineu was unnecessary. Let me take a cow and a, and a horse and I'll bring forth whatever. I don't know if that's possible. Whatever, whatever that brings forth. That's the diuk. And it says, What about the other opinion? Savta means a crowd for a group. That's just mentioning you should have the proper grouping. It wasn't per se a sivui. It wasn't per se a halacha in this respect that it needs to be the two of the same species because if not, you're violating kilaim. You're doing the wrong thing in terms of the cross-pollination, the cross-breeding of these, of these beings. Rather, it's you're just trying to bring the proper grouping on. Amar of Yosef, Amre Be'erav, Al Shalosh Mitzvot Be'noach Neherag. In... You know, in the technical sense, there probably should be a period after that word be'alma, because now we begin the next segment. We finish that issue. Finish the issue of the seven misvot of Tanad Menashe, where he derives them from, and how the other opinion would respond to them. And here we go. Says Rav Yosef, you should know in the Beit Midrash of Rav. Do they put a period in that Gemara before it? They should. And Amre, uh, uh, that Gemara takes a little bit more liberties in their periods. Amar Rav Yosef, Amre be'rav al shalosh misvot be'noach neherag. The statement is yes. Okay, good. I mean, because it's a little fun. They put two dots at the end of the line. Anyway, it says there are three of those seven for which a Ben Noah would be killed, which of course seems to imply. I think this is what Charlie was referring to at the beginning. Uh, what, what are they punished for? What are they punishable by death for? It says only three are those which they get death for. The rest might be punishable in some other way, but it's not by death. What are those three, and why, and how does he derive it specifically, those three? Gesher, Siman. 
לסימן אז גשר, אז הוא עושה למומנט, גימל, גילוי עריות, שין, שפיכות דמים, רש, ברכת השם. So it would have been nicer to be geshev, but geshev is not exactly a word. So geshev works better. Geshev siman al gilui arayot al shvichut amim ve'al birkat Hashem. It's for those three, and specifically, and only those three, that if a ben Noach again during the time of legal jurisdiction of Am Yisrael of a world in which we are governing, a world in which it's appropriate according to the Torah, the dine nefashot, the dine mamonot, the way the world is being governed in a judicial fashion is as such. These would be the three. For which they'd be punished. What's that? Not one of them. Let me tell you. Not one of them. Says the Gemara Matkif Rav Sheshat. Before we derive sourcing, let's try to guess sourcing. Bishlama Shifichut Tamim. I understand your reference to Shifichut Tamim to being put to death. Dichtiv. After all, that's an explicit pasuk. That one you can't get around. To Bnei Noach, long before Torah was given, the pasuk says Dichtiv. Shavich Dam Haadam Baadam Damoi Shavich. We talked about this pasuk once. We talked about it twice. Third time we're talking about this pasuk again. The reference in the pasuk: If you spill the blood of another, of another Adam, don't talk about. B'nai Yisrael. There is no B'nai Yisrael. Damo Yishafech. You get your blood split, spilled, which means Saif, to say... By Saif, the Gemara was clear already from Saif, and as Rashi, that was my first time referencing the Pasuk, as Rashi said, it seems to be a clear, or at the very least implicit implica- uh, uh, a reference in the Pasuk, that it's by Saif. Yes, but that's it, okay, so I know that by death at the very least, says, says uh, Mars. furthermore, we know by Saif. Okay, but what about the other two? He also told me, not only Shvichut Amin, told me Bekat Hashem, told me Gilui Arayot, Ela Hanach, Hanach means these, meaning the other two, Mina Alehu, where are you deriving those two with regards to the punishment by by death, shirichut amim, we know. Gilui arayot, berkat Hashem, the blasphemy, where do you derive those from? I gamar mishvichut amim, afilu kulhun ameh. It says, perhaps you were gamar, gamar milashon gemara, to learn, to derive based on what we call binyanav, which means to say, in gemara, in rabbinic terminology, and understanding the way it works in Torah, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu could be and would be and is succinct, as succinct as he could be. If it's unnecessary for God to mention something twice or more than once, the same law in different contexts, different ways, he won't do so. Why is he doing so? To teach you something. As a result, it means, if that's my methodology, he can mention something only once, and I could even derive different contexts from it if he so deemed it and I'm able to logically apply it. So therefore, I can state one thing, God can, it could be shvichut amim. He could tell you in context, damo yishafech, you get put to death. And he can assume that you and me and the rabbis long before us will say, that'll be the father and will derive, quote-unquote, all the children, the other six from it. That's called the binyan av. If I have one paradigm of a case, I'll say, why would shvichut amin be the only case in which you put, be put to death? And I know it by b'nei Noach. It must be it's not the only. It must be it's applicable not only to shvichut amin, but to the other six as well. If that's the way it works, then it should be all seven punishable by death. If we're actually working with what we call binyanav, gamar, we're deriving it, we're learning it from shifichut tamim, we should be deriving all seven of them. And you told me only three. Rather, imishum itrabai, maybe it's because there's a ribui. There are extra words in the pasuk which teach me that it's referring even to non-Jews. It's in the context of Yisrael. And apparently we're about to find out there are two words used in the context of Am Yisrael in the Torah that they get punishable by death for Birkat Hashem as well as for Gilui Arayot. Extra words, what are those words? Ish Ish. The Pasuk says Ish Ish in each of those contexts. And as a result of mentioning in each of those contexts the words Ish Ish 
we derive in turn that it's not only for Am Yisrael, but it's for all people, meaning even for the non-Jews. Well, if that's the case, says the Gemara, you have a beautiful interpretation now. So you got your Shefichut Amim Damo You got your Gilui Arayot, and you got your Bekat Hashem from the fact that in their context, the Torah says, Ish, Ish, coming to teach you all people. Not so fast, because the Torah uses the words Avodat Kochavim, as, uh, the, the words Ish, Ish as well by Avodat Zara, says the Gemara, Avodat Kochavim, the Pasuk says by Abu Dazara as well, Ish Ish. It's in the context of Molech, Ma'avir Molech. If you take your child and you're killing your child, sacrificing your child to Abu Dazara, but the Torah uses the words Ish Ish, which seems to tell us, or according to this interpretation, is telling us not only Israel, but non Jews as well. It means then there should be four. There should be four circumstances in which of these Sheva Miswad Bnei Noach, they too get punished, punished by death. Ela of Sheshat, Amre Berav, Al Arba Miswad Bnei Noach Neherag. That's it, okay. You're right, okay, fix it up. We said three earlier, strike the three and write four instead. All right, that's it. That's the statement. According to the Beit Midrash of Rav, for four Averot, four of the seven, now I think we're okay, Charlie. Abu Dazara, Gilui Arayot, Shifichut Amin, the big three with regards to our general laws in, in, in Judaism. And the fourth one being Bekat Hashem, for those they get put to death. For the others, they're warned, but they're not being put to death. Says the Gemara, but slowly, first things first, let's really understand this. And we're certainly not hitting a punchline yet or a final line, but let's challenge. Is it really so? The way you just adjusted this is that for Avodazara, a non-Jew gets killed. Is it really so? Doesn't the Beraita teach us The statement in the Beraita is that for non-Jews, with regards to Avodazara, matters on which, matters for which, meaning mannerisms of worship, for which a Am Yisrael member would be put to death, non-Jews are, what's the word? Nizhar. Nizhar means warned. Says the Gemara, warned. Azharain, you have a warning. Mita, lo. There's no reference of death. And in fact, if you read the sentence through, it goes like this again. Matters for which in Abu Dazara, Jews, instead of Yisrael, say Jews, get put to death. Non-Jews are warned. You seem to be contrasting the two. You're telling me Jews get put to death, non-Jews get warned. Azharain, they get warned. Mitalo, they're not getting put to death. That's the Gemara. So get to death. So then why don't you say on both of them, killed? You said it by Yisrael, but ultimately speaking, the gun. Yisrael needs a warning as well. Says the Gemara, Amar of Nahman by Yitzhak, Azharashelahin, Zohim Mitatan. The response is, indeed. The Azara is the Mitana, a little difficult to, to sell, because again, the Pasuk then is not symmetrical. Pasuk should have said, matters for which Israel are mimitina lehen, benenoach are mimitina lehen as well. It's a difficulty, it's a difficulty, but what, what will emerge, what has emerged to a certain extent until now, is there is a specific and separate understanding by benenoach that we don't need Azhara plus Onesh referenced in the Torah, which means to say Azhara, so to speak, is sufficient. 
we can understand them as being warned, and in turn, of course, we kill them. Whereas for, uh, for Am Yisrael, when we talk about mitah, we incorporate and include together with that a whole system, a azhara from edim, a edut, a testimony of witnesses, a betin, and we have a whole system which we go through with it. When we're dealing with B'nai Noach, it's a very different world. When we're dealing with B'nai Noach, we understand this as you were warned and therefore you are put to death. Again, the logic being a difference between B'nai Yisrael and B'nai Noach. These mitzvot to B'nai Noach are very different. They are much more functional. It's less in terms of intentionality and determining based on the circumstance and the situation and the person. It's more based on, well, look what just happened. The outcome is that there you killed someone. We're in terms... Why is Israel warned? Because with Israel, it's about the process over here. It's about what went into your act to that person. I'm going to judge that action based on what that action was in its moment as opposed to what its outcome was. It's, it's, it's our treatment of our children. You broke the glass. I want to understand why. Instead of immediately sending you to your room and saying, uh, the Goy does not have that because the understanding, the implicit understanding, again, this, this is up for debate, but the implicit understanding and direction of the Gemara with that line and with several others that we've discussed, this is a point I've been trying to make implicitly throughout, is that we distinguish or we seemingly distinguish between Sheva Mitzvot B'nei Noach, Shenitztavu B'nei Noach as understanding them as a way to have a self-governing or a gov- properly governed world, whereas for Yisrael it's more than that. For Yisrael it's to deal with the specifics of the person and situation. It's not just so I build a just society, it's so I understand why you did that and in turn treat you according to that deed. It's not well, the window is broken, let me take off your head as a result, or let me charge as a let me understand how that window got broken, and in turn I'll be able to determine accordingly. Says the Gemara, okay, well that all being the case, uh, we now have established Azharash Period. The statement is in contrast to what you told me earlier, to that earlier opinion, three misvot, four misvot, perhaps, if we're being a uh, little giving in our death penalties. This statement is, and you see the little letter next to it, the little aleph next to it, this is how we're indeed posek lahalacha. Al sheva mitzvot for all seven mitzvot, whether you're Tanad Vemenashe, who is not the mainstream opinion. Or the Beraita we had at the bottom of Dafnun Vav Amud Aleph as to what those Sheva Mitzvot Benayoch are. They are all punishable by death. What are those Sheva Mitzvot? And we won't even continue today, but we'll just mention them again. It's the Aleph Bet Gimal Dalid and the Shelosha Hamurot. What are the Shelosha Hamurot? Gilui Arayot Shifichutamim Avodazara. The three sins for which you take death instead of committing them: adultery, idolatry, and Shifichutamim Gilui Arayot and Avodazara. Well, that's idolatry. And killing. Thank you. And then you have Aleph Bet Gimal Dalet, Eve Menachai, Berkat Hashem, Gezel, and Dinim. Those are Sheva Mitzvot B'nei Noach. Says the Gemara quite clearly, Nifzak Lehalacha, for each of those, if a non-Jew were to violate in a world in which we're judging accordingly, they would be put to death. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.